والعصر the beginning of this world now العصر we know has several possible meanings and I'll show you that all of them really are not and all of them are, uh, are consistent العصر been reported to have four different possible meanings among many but in terms of Quranic interpretation العصر could mean the age like when we say عصر الصحابة it means the age of the companion or عصر الرسول the age of the prophet or we say عصر الجاهلية the age of jahiliya pre-islam so on so عصر could, could mean the age and then consequently والعصر means God is swearing by the phenomena of the age because وَأَلْ is a swear form as an oath so that God is swearing by and the question is by what? well one possibility is by the age now this has been the position of Ibn Abbas and the position of Zayd bin Salim as well that well asr means and by the age now here is also, of course a very interesting point is that does God deal with time in terms of compartments or segments of age ages so that there is the age, the age of the prophet the age of the companion the age of the Amos the age of the Abbasid does God and this is a very what can I say this is a, a theological philosophical question when God deals with time does God think of time I mean, God thinks but does God treat time as compartments and segments of age as Ibn Khaldun has argued for example or is is the idea of age really a human invention we mark time by certain events why does that make a difference? well it makes a difference because if that's the case if God in fact deals with time as an age compartment then it is, then time is far less fluid you live in, it, in, a, in an age and you can really do very little to affect how the age is going to progress and end so let's say if you're living in the age of, des- of descent or decadence or deterioration it's going to run its course it's an age and it's going to run its course the point is if it means the age why is God swearing by the age? Well, us, the idea of, you know, the age of the companions, the age of the prophets, whatever. Terminologically, from the Arabic language, in fact, that is the most likely definition. Because when Arabs talk about the asr, they're usually talking about the age. But if one teaches the oath, and as you know from the Quran class, or most of you know from the Quran class that the, that the analysis of oath clusters is a science in the Quran in itself why God swears or does not swear by certain things these are called the oath clusters literally known as Al-Qasam 
So why is it that God swears by the age? And that's, that's, that's how the issue becomes really uh, present. Another possibility, we said there are four. Another possibility is that God is swearing by the time of us. What is the time of us? Not the time of us prayer, but the, the, the um, cyclical time of us, which basically falls between the sundown and the point at which the sun reaches its zenith in the sky during the day. And that's possible as well within the language. It's, least, it's less likely though, because usually in the Arabic language people or Arabs would not swear by the time of us, because the time of us did not uh, hold any special importance. Uh, people would swear by the time of Fajr, and in fact, the Quran does swear by that when Fajr and Nayan and Ash, and so on. Or they swear sometimes by the time of sundown. Why? Because these were times where there is material change, sunrise and sundown. But to swear by the time of us was would be and 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 was was to be considered. Um, unusual in Arabic language. The third possibility is that God is swearing by the time of the Prophet. So here, walas, the age. And then you, it's as if it's saying, it's as if God is defining the age as the age, and that's the age of the Prophet. Asr al-Rasul, in other words. So walas, it's as if God is saying, walasr al-Rasul, the age of the Prophet, but instead, because it's understood, God simply said, by the age. I swear by the age. And then you are to understand that he's swearing by the age of the Prophet. And why? Because the age of the Prophet would be the particularly blessed, blessed age and worthy to be sworn by. That's even less likely because if God wanted to, be, to swear by the, the age of the Prophet, he would swear by the age of the Prophet. But what, what commends it as a point of view is that the idea of worthiness, that it is a worthy age and consequently worthy to be sworn by. The fourth possibility is that while us refers to what? You can guess that. The Asr prayer, exactly. That it refers to simply the Asr prayer. And that's because Al-As prayer is of particular worthiness. Now, actually, as you will see, it really makes no difference. Here, we set four possible meanings, but each of the meanings boils down to the same idea. So whether you say, well, As refers to the As prayer or the time of the, of the, uh, of the Prophet, or to the time of the day, or to the age, it really, the essential message of the surah is not altered. Okay. Now, let's take the first possibility, by the age. It's as if God is saying, by the age, in every age, such and such happens. Or, in the way human beings work, 
in terms of time periods, cyclical time periods. The second possibility, as we said, that it's referring to the time of the day. And here, the meaning would be altered slightly, but it, the, the essential message remains the same, is that by the time of the day, in which human beings are busily engaged uh, busily engaged in pursuing their life because the time of the Asr is that the zenith of the work day itself that what they used to say that people are busily pursuing the affairs of their life and it is as if invoking that point in which, in which people are, or if it's the time of the Prophet, the period of the Prophet, that the period of the Prophet when people are, when people are engaged heavily with the age of the Prophet. What I mean by that is that at the time of the Prophet, people are completely absorbed in the beauty of the time, of the beauty of the time period itself. And then the question arises, okay, so what happens subsequently? What happens after that? After your, your, after your complete submersion in the beauty of the time period of the Prophet, what is going to come after that? And if it is referring to Salat al-Asr, it's because Salat al-Asr is said to have been the most important and the most difficult prayer. The most difficult prayer because it is the prayer that requires that you extract yourself from the midst of the hustle and bustle of your workday. And that's, ironically, that's even more appropriate for our, our society than present Middle Eastern society. Because in our society we work till, till, till about sundown. Uh, in, in, the, in present Middle Eastern society, that period of Al-Asr is a rest period. This is no longer a work period like the, like the early Arabs. The early Arabs, the period of the Asr was not a period of, of rest as, as it is today in the Arab world, uh, in which they work roughly to about 1 o'clock, the Zuhr time, and then they, they rest from Zuhr to Maghrib, and then may return to work again after Maghrib. Uh, in fact, in early Islam, Asr was a period of, of, of work, and so it is referring to the, to the prayer that is particularly challenging because you have to extract yourself. In either case, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِيْخُفْ is at a loss. Human beings are at a loss. Now let's go back to our إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ human beings. That's insane, means human being. Not man, but human being. God is swearing by the, by the age, by, by the us, that people are at a loss. Now, note here that people are at a loss. Let's go back to our meanings. That in every age, we're going to go through four, that in every age, human beings are in a descending or deteriorating condition. And then I'm going to talk about khus specifically, all the different variants of meaning. But I just want to show you how the, the, the we're still talking about wal'as, 
Okay. Or alternatively, that by that time of the day, the swearing, the oath, by that time of the day, that people are so submerged in pursuing the affairs of this world, human beings are at, are at a loss, are at khus. Or alternatively, by the beauty of this, the age of the Prophet, contrasted to the beauty of the age of the Prophet, is that time or, or, or the other times in which human beings are at a loss. Or alternatively, by the prayer of us, which is the most difficult to perform, human beings are at a loss. So you see, in every sense of the four layers of meaning, or four, four simultaneous uh, possible meanings, that it doesn't really alter. It doesn't really alter. It stands for the notion that human beings, contrasted to a time zone, whether the time zone in which you spend praying us prayer, or the time zone in which you spend with the Prophet, or the time zone or the time chunk, time period, that you spend uh, uh, um, during Asr time and during the day, or the time zone that you spend within an age, within a cyclical span of time, human beings end up at a loss. You immediately see that there is, a, there is the idea of progression, the idea that while human beings might be fine at one point, that there is a progression towards the khus, to, towards the loss. Again, with khus we have several possible meanings. The first, which was reported by Saddi, or argued by Saddi, which means, he said that it means halak, that human beings gravitate towards ruin. Others, uh, like Zayd bin Aslam, has argued that it is no, it is human beings gravitate towards evil. All of these, by the way, are reports from the Prophet. Ibn Shajara has said, no, that khusr means loss, literally, that you, you, you lose more and more. Position number four, and I couldn't remember who who reported this, Khus said, towards trials and hardship. Any of these four possibilities, you'd end up with an essential concept. By every age or every time span, human beings, there's a natural motion, if you will, towards, towards deterioration. The natural motion is towards either ruin or corruption or loss and deterioration and so on and so forth. And this is actually not at all strange. Think of it. The logic of life shows us that, shows us that in a very material way. If you bring lettuce, fresh lettuce, and leave it out, by the time, you could say by the age, this lettuce is going to become rotten. The natural motion is toward deterioration. 
human beings, the natural progression is towards them becoming old and frail and losing knowledge once having it. There used to be a, a, a German, I think, theorist called uh, Mikkel who said that there is a natural law of oligarchies, that human beings, every time they, they, they set in and decadence. Not the, not, the, uh, not the other way, not towards greater and greater fulfillment of understanding and religiosity, everything being equal, in other words, remaining static. This also tells us, in the cyclical notion of time, that every, in every age, human beings, the natural tendency will be for them to deteriorate downwards, to disintegrate after cohesion. Uh, become deconstructed after having managed successfully to construct themselves. In fact, if you think about it, the same logic pervades everything. Relationships. Everything being equal, everything being static, relationships have a natural tendency towards tediousness, boredom, and deterioration. A relationship, unless it is developed, worked at, becomes deconstructed and disintegrated. Rather, the natural tendency for it to grow, no, there is no natural tendency actually to grow. It seems that everything in existence reaches a plateau of existence, um, and then after that, it's really downwards, unless, unless. And it's really the same thing with the human body. The natural tendency is towards deterioration, unless you do X, Y, and Z to preserve it, to, to, to strengthen it, to keep it healthy, etc., etc. Same with relationships, unless you do all types of things to keep it interesting and to keep it, to, to nurture it and to, to, to feed it so that it stays alive. The natural tendency, and Khus, by the way, could also mean a state of progressive subtraction, progressive loss until non-existence, until the point of lack of existence, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say in all of the description of Khusr, it's always been progressive. Is there something inherent in the word Khusr, or is it only in comparison to us? No, it's really in comparison to us. In itself, Khusr by itself um, well, actually not quite. Khus says loss. And several people said the idea of loss in, in, its, in its inherent sense is relative. Because you really can't lose unless you're comparing to something else. And the notion of progressive progressiveness in, in itself comes from the relativity of the, of, of, of the term. So, when I say there has been a loss, the very notion that there's been a loss means that there was A, then B, and there's a loss from A to B, and so there's a progression. That's, but, now, the part where you need one us is where you go from A to B, now, theoretically, you could go back to E, to A, I'm sorry. Then, in other words, after there is a loss, 
you could have a gain again. And that's still progression. But the notion that you go from A to B to C to D, that is provided by the notion of the H. That's basically, but it's a, it's a fine point. So the natural tendency then is one towards deterioration, destruction, loss. And what is quite remarkable is here, it does not talk about nations. Other parts of the Quran talks about umam, which is nations. But it talks about human beings, and insan. That even the human being, the human being, an individual, the natural tendency, and this is a remarkable point, is that the natural tendency in a human being is towards a state of loss. And as the subsequent verses tell you, you discover that it's really talking about, in a very inherent sense, piety. That the natural tendency towards human being is not one of neutrality in terms of their religiosity, in terms of their piety, in terms of their, their spiritual state, but even ter in terms of the spiritual state, the natural tendency is towards corruption and ruin and deterioration. So if you do nothing, if you as, as a human being basically do nothing, you are actually progressing towards a state of moral decay rather than remaining at the same exact level. You are actually progressing towards a point of moral decay. Now, what is quite fascinating is if we look at, at sociologically, we find human beings generally, human beings used to be quite principled and quite of ethical or moral principle, the tendency, unless they are vigilant, is one for them to, to eventually compromise, which again is consistent with this view, is that, you know, it's, uh, we often hear, oh, this is not like the old X, Y, or Z, like the old person that the person used to be is that the natural tendency for human beings actually is to forget and the, the, the excitement, the initial excitement of even a moral principle or the initial excitement and commitment or vigilance about an, in, uh, about an original idea and if everything being equal to head towards a state of loss. Less, not more.